0: We drove back across the border, so we were there, we went there on Saturday early in the morning, we worked all the way through Monday, we came back, and when you have an experience like that, it's kind of, you kind of get on a spiritual high. You're like, man, I did something significant, I did something that's going to make a difference in somebody's life, and, and, and you're excited about that, and then you come back and you cross the border and you're back in America, and you realize that the next day you're going to be back at work in your ordinary, everyday, just sometimes even boring life. You're going to be paying bills, and, and life just goes on, right? And, and, and you ask yourself, God, I just I felt the, the presence of God all over me and all this God activity in my life, and then, and then suddenly I, I don't. And this is something that we really want to talk about a little bit today. Like, how do I discern how God is working in my life? Because a lot of times we just don't feel it. We, we just think, but that was there. We're across the border. We're doing amazing things. And there are other times in our life we're kind of on those like, mountaintop experiences, right? Like, oh, you know, like, like the crew, for some of you. You're over here right now, and you might be feeling like, wow, this is so great, and we're going to be doing ministry all year, and we're super stoked you're here, but then you get, you know, at some point, you're, you're going to go back to Colorado and go back to some of the states that you came from, and, and the, the question is, what will that be like? Will God still be real in, in, in your life? So, we're going to start a series today, uh, and it's based on the life of the king of all prophets His name is Elijah, and his name means the Lord is God. Great name to have, Elijah, the Lord is God. It's significant that he had that name, because in 875, Elijah walks up to a king named Ahab who has turned Israel away from the faith of their fathers, away from Yahweh. And and in fact, he's embraced all of the the, uh, gods of the countries around them, and so, so these, all these terrible, detestable practices are going on. So when we, when we come to this part, I'm just trying to sort of set the stage for you before we get into the story. Um, we have the, the northern and the southern kingdom of Israel is a split kingdom. Uh, southern Israel is actually called, that's time, Judah. And uh, they have a few good kings. But northern, the northern part is just called Israel. Nothing but bad kings. When we pick it up, there's been 200 years, 19 kings later, all bad. But... When Elijah, he's going to step up to the plate right now, and he's going to meet Ahab, and, and, and he's going to meet the word. This, this guy is like the poster child for bad kings. He does all things wrong, and we're going to discover this in, in, in some of the messages that uh, are, are coming up. So, with no further ado, let's just look at the first couple of verses as... Um, the prophet comes on the stage. By the way, it's kind of interesting. There's no ancestry that's listed for Elijah. Nothing is said about him. You just pick it up, verse one. Now, Elijah, the Tishbite from Tishbe and Gilead. That's all we have where he's from. Uh, and it says, said to Ahab, now Ahab is the king of Israel, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Now, this was like a bold statement. For him to say this to the king, because basically what he was saying to the king, uh, I'm I'm sort of calling the shots right here in terms of the weather, and if it doesn't rain for two years, three years, whatever, the economy is going to bottom out, and that Ahab is not going to be a popular king. So he's not enjoying what he's hearing from from Elijah. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. God will launch us into his time, in his time, into our chosen purposes, into the mission assignments that he has for our life. But he's always going to do it on his time. And Elijah will discover this. Some of you, as we're talking about this in the next few minutes, I want you to think about this. What is God doing in my life right now? Do I, am I experiencing God, any God activity, working in my life right now? Do I have a sense of, of where God is moving in my life. And here's another question that will help you with that. Like, what season of life are you in right now? So, you know, we're all, we all are in different seasons of our life. Some of you, uh, you might be in the teenage season and sort of like trying to figure out who you are and find your place and get comfortable in your own skin. And then, you know, you, you become a college student and a lot of you are, are in college. And then you, you're post-college and you're looking for a career and maybe you're going to get married, you have children. It just goes on and on. Next thing you know, the kids are out of the house. You have grandkids. And uh, so there's all these different seasons of life. And so just for a moment, I want you to think and identify, what season are, am I in right now? What season would that be? And what is going on right now in that season of, of my life? And is there am I sensing God working in this season that I'm in right now? Like, what is God doing in, in my life? We, we say that faith for the miraculous is often found, of all places, in the mundane, ordinary, everyday life. I was, uh, I was just reading this the other day. This is uh, an article that was written by a photographer. Anybody here do photography? You know, always looking for that great shot, right? And so this is what he says. It's finding beauty in the mundane. And of that, he says, to create something beautiful or find beauty in the mundane, that is a skill that is wonderful to have. And it's worth developing because it will help, It will help your photography as a whole. If you can make the most ordinary object look interesting, think about how much you can bring to compelling subjects or scenes. As many of you know, learning to see or learning to see in a deeper way is the journey that every photographer should be on, but that can feel like an overwhelming task. And then he goes on and he says, it takes a purposeful eye to photograph beauty in the mundane. I think sometimes... We, we look at our lives, and they just seem so, probably mundane is probably a good word, and they, they, they're just so ordinary. And you're like, where is the beauty in that? When I, You just saw some of those pictures of uh, Southern Tijuana and, and the video, and did you notice that it was not very beautiful? That there, you know, really, if you'd have been there and seen all the tires that were all over the place, and you'd seen cars that were trashed out, and you would have seen... Um, literally trash everywhere. It rained. It, it didn't smell good. There was mangy, diseased dogs walking around. Uh, and, and everything about it just said, especially from an American perspective, was just like, yuck. This is, this is not very pretty. And at one point, I decided to take a little hike. And so I, I hiked higher up on a, on a hill that was over the site that we were at. And as I was looking over it, I just, I just felt like I need a different perspective here. I got up high, and I was able to see the rolling hills and the beautiful ravines, and I saw flowers and green things, and and suddenly I saw palm trees, and and I saw a certain kind of symmetry that was out there, and I thought, actually, Southern Tijuana is kind of beautiful, but you just kind of have to look for it. I think the same principle applies to our life. That just those, you know, life just goes by those, those simple, ordinary days, and we don't see it, and we certainly don't see sometimes the, the activity of God in our life, the things that God is is doing. It's it's just so, just there, and and, and we don't notice, we have to to look for it. Well, Elijah has just come off a pretty big high. I mean, after all, he's stood in the presence of the king, and he made a pronouncement, like, wow, what a pronouncement. At my word, it will rain or not rain. And so, let's pick up verses uh, 3 and 4. Leave here, this is God speaking to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Careth ravine, east of the Jordan, and you will drink from the brook, and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. Now you gotta you gotta ask yourself from the mindset of, of Elijah what he's thinking about what's just happened. He's, he's probably thinking, wait a second, God. That was a pretty big moment when I stood in the presence of the king. And so he's he's thinking, okay, let's let, let's just like let's go even bigger. And God says, okay, here's your next assignment. I want you to go to this little brook, and you're just going to stay there. And uh, the ravens are going to come and feed you. And he must be thinking to himself, you got to be kidding me. I'm a prophet. And you got me out here at this, this, this little ravine? And what, what's, what's, what's going on with that? It's interesting, it says, hide in the Kareth ravine. Kareth actually in Hebrew means cut down. And, and, and really, I think for a lot of us, one of the reasons that we don't experience God the way maybe we'd like to, is that we are too self-reliant. See, Steve, what do you mean by that? Look at truth be known, a lot of us, our life would look no different if God were not in our life. Because we call all those shots anyway. I mean, really, when it, when it comes to making the major decisions of our life, God doesn't get to weigh in on our life. We're, we're just gonna do, I mean, we're, we're just gonna marry who we're gonna marry, we're gonna date who we're gonna date, we're gonna do what we do, and that's just the way it is. And the question is, if you're gonna have god activity in your life does god get to weigh in on anything see you might what does it really mean to be a christ father jesus said come and follow me and that means that jesus actually gets to be a part of your decision making process in your life it's not always easy but you begin to invite him in and just watch what will happen begin to watch miracles take place in your life. One of the things that we discover is that often God uses the obedience of the ordinary to do the extraordinary. You ever think about how how Jesus emerged and became who he was? In in, in Luke chapter two, verse 52, it says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. What does that look like? That looks like 15-year-old Jesus being a teenager in a little town called Nazareth, hanging out, playing with his friends, right? You're like, well, yeah, yeah. But it also looks like a guy who's committing himself every year, he's preparing himself. Every year he, he, he's growing in his relationships with people around him. He's moving with God. He's, he's growing intellectually, mentally, physically, at every level. And then one day he steps off as a, a probably about 30 years old and begins his ministry. And people are like, wow! Where did that come from? Miracles. And his teachings are mind-blowing. And like, Jesus, like, where did you come from? It was simple obedience every single day. Just, just walking with God and developing. That's why we have to trust that God will grow us and develop us. And though, you say, well, well, how does he do that? Well, I'll tell you how he does it. He does it through training, not trying. 20 years ago today, I ran the rock and roll marathon. It's hard for me to believe that that many years have gone by. And, and, and when I ran the Rock and Roll Marathon, I didn't try to run the Rock and Roll Marathon. I trained to run it. It was the only, only marathon I've ever run. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to run this marathon, I'm going I'm to put everything into it. And so I trained for about seven months uh, as hard as I could. I got with some people that were good at that kind of training. I read some books. Uh, and so when the day that I stepped on the line 20 years ago, and I still remember it like it was yesterday... I ran my heart. I had a really, really good time. I ran a really great time, qualified for the Boston Marathon for my age group at that particular time. And, and, and so it, that was all about training. Now, what, what happens? What happens that 20 years ago, Steve Bumbashi steps on the starting line, no training. Got, you know, I'm going to try to run the marathon. Well, probably I'm not going to finish. And probably if I do finish, I'm going to be injured. And my time is going to be horrible. And, and I, here's what I'm going to know about me, that I, I, I just failed horribly. I was far below my potential. See, I, I talk to people all the time, and they go, oh, I'm just trying to be a Christian. You don't try to be a Christian. You train to be a Christian. When Paul says things like, fight the good fight, running the race to the finish, what is he saying? He's saying you got to train you got, you got to develop habits every single day so that there's a, a level of confidence when, when you're walking with God. This is what's going on, really, with Elijah. Let's, let's verse, look at verses uh, 5 and 6. So he did what the Lord had told him. Did you catch that part? God told him, go over there and hang out by the brook. Okay? He did what the Lord told him, and he went to the Kerith Ravine, east of the Jordan, and he stayed there. And the ravens... Brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And this is not like for a week. Uh, this is not for like a month. This is like for a couple of years or so, maybe even three years. He's just hanging out there, you know. It's it's the first Uber Eats. You know, the ravens are coming and they're delivering him. You know, he's got pastrami sandwich in the morning, and the evening, and drinking purée from the from the creek right there, right. Uh, but at some point, he's like, "What am I? What am I doing here?" Just, just hanging out. I mean, what what is going on with my life? Well, God is preparing him. Just like God wants to prepare you and I. He, he, he develops these habits that we have. So that when and, and we all want to get to the mountaintop experience. And here's what's going on. Elijah's gonna get there, but it's gonna take some time before he can get there. He's gonna have to train. He's gonna have to develop, develop some habits, and he's gonna have to sit by a boring brook and eat meat and bread every day for a while. That's what's going on with his life. But God is, he's ramping up. He's going to have that mountaintop experience. If you want to have that, here are some of the habits. So, Some of you are saying, okay, I'm ready to train. Okay, I hope you are. And when you look at this list, you're probably thinking, really? I thought you were going to like run something by us that was like new. Really, there's nothing new under the sun when it comes for training for God. Because it all begins with, well, first of all, what you're doing today. I, I've recently been reading about um, church trends in America. And I've got to tell you, from a pastoral perspective, it's really depressing. It really is. Less and less people are going to church today. And not only are, even, even the churchgoers don't go as often as they used to. They, the average now, and I can tell you this inside of New Break, all of our campuses, is going two times every two months. And, and so I ask the question, I'm not trying to shame anybody. I just maybe want to challenge your thinking a little bit why? I mean, wh- what are do you doing the other six weeks? I mean, I get it if your family's in town. I get it if you went camping. That's all cool. But two out of eight weeks? And I'm like, wh- why is that? See, that's training right there. Training says, I'm going to get my backside out of bed in the morning, and I'm going to go to church. And, and, and so that's part of that training because we worship together, and we hear the word of God together, and, and God does some stuff in our life. And then, am I am I spending time with God? Am I communicating with God? Am I praying? Am I hearing? Am I am I opening my Bible up and learning what God is saying? So often, I've got to tell you, as a pastor, so often people come to me and they say, "I don't know what to do." And I'll say, "Well, have you read the Bible? Are you reading the Bible?" Well, no, not really. Okay. See, so much of what God wants to do in our lives is right there. It's right there, and all we have to do is read it. We don't have to hear it from a pastor read it. It's it's there for you to read. Um, And it'll bless your life. Are are you participating in in being in life groups or being in relationships, some kind of a a God relationship that will help you, somebody that can pray for you, support you, be there. We all need those kind of relationships to have those kind of people in in our lives. Are are we tithing? Are we supporting the church? That's part of training. Are, are, Are we serving inside the church, outside the church? That's part of the training. That's what it means to be a serious Christ follower. And that's also what it means if you want to get to the mountaintop, that's what it's it's going to require. I like this. Somebody said this years ago, and it's always stuck out in my mind. It says, watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, it becomes your legacy. They say that it takes somewhere in the neighborhood of 33 days to form a new habit. Maybe some of you today would be that day. Say, okay, I'm going to start reading the Bible. I haven't been doing that. I'm going to start praying. I haven't been doing that. I'm going to just start training. I'm not trying anymore. I'm, 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 I'm going to actually train. He says, after a long time, Elijah, Is that after a long, long time. You can imagine he just being day after day, month after month going, God, are you, are you kidding me? Come on, let's get going here. Car- that's that's what character is about character is molded often molded in the mundane of the valley not just on the mountaintop anybody can go to a retreat or have some amazing experience and come down and go oh man god is just all over my life that's great but to get there and to do something for god that's going to require some some training a lot of you have heard about this recently 11 people have died recently in the last two weeks, 11 people have died trying to count, climb Mount Everest. Now, I understand a lot of this has been from overcrowding. That's, that's quite a crowd there, by the way, 11 people. But what I also understand is that the majority of people that die at Mount Everest is due to not being prepared and not training. They just thought it would be cool. Oh, I'm going to climb Mount Everest. I'm going to get to the highest mountain in the world. And it's going to be so cool, and I'll be able to have bragging rights for the rest of my life. And some of those individuals didn't properly train to prepare and they pay the ultimate price for it. Now, I'm not saying that if you don't prepare as a Christ follower, you're going to die. That's not what we're talking about. I'm just saying you're not going to reach the mountaintop. You're not going to go to the places that God wants to get you to because that's a part of the way, the process that that God uses. And and so I really, it begs the question, what are the mundane tasks of your life? You know, those opportunities that you have right now. Ordinary, that somehow God is in the midst of that. Mom, what about changing those diapers? And you're like, yeah, what about it? You know, is God in this? Yeah, he is. Man, being a mom, being a dad, that's amazing. You're just beginning in your career, and you're going, it's so boring. I'm stuck behind this computer all day. And is God in this? Yeah, he's provided an opportunity for you. You're just paying the bills. You're going, yeah, just being an American, right? Paying the bills, come home, you know, five days a week at work, have a weekend, do it over again, being an American. But there's so much more. Do you see the beauty of what God is doing, even in the ordinary, every day of of, of your life? Now, here's here's the good news. Maybe it's good, maybe it's not. You're in a season, but you're never going to stay in that season. At some point, sometime, things are going to change. How many of you love love change? Yeah, yeah. I love change. Not for me, for you. You go first, right? Because they're like, "Oh God, here we come." Because change is scary. And you know, as long as we as, as we welcome that change, let's let's see what's going on with old Elijah, chapter uh, seventeen, verse seven. Sometime later. The brook dried up. Let me say that again. Sometime later, the brook dried up. Sometimes in our life, metaphorically speaking, it just happens. Like, you know, we're like, in this season, all of a sudden, what the brook dried up. What, what, what happened? What, what, what just happened? And there's a change. And some, again, that change thing can be sort of scary to us. And, and if God is in it, you need not be afraid. In fact, you ought to be it, it kind of excited. Now, for Elijah, he's like, what does this mean? And, and, and so let's, let's read on a little bit. The brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And then the word of the Lord came to him, and he's going, okay, bring it, God. What are you going to tell me? And God says, go to, go to once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. He's said, okay, okay, what's next? I've commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. And he must be thinking, what? Wait a minute, you put me on... This is like ravine, and you're feeding me with birds. Thanks for the food. But now you're sending me to hang out with a widow? Like, what is going on with my life? It's called preparation. It's, it's, it's called training. It's called just ordinary, the, the mundane things of our life. And here's what you and I really, really need to understand this principle. Just because things are not going our way, it doesn't mean they're not going God's way in our life. Good sailors are not made in calm seas. You learn to navigate in the storms of life. I think back to a a season of my life. And uh, when I was in my early 30s, I wanted to be a church planter. I knew that I wanted to be a church planter. I felt like God, had put that in my heart. And uh, I um, went to a guy who was a a renowned uh, church leader, a guy that I knew personally. And I sat down and I said, I'm ready to plant my first church. And so we sat down, we had a conversation about it, and he said, Steve, I don't think you're ready. And I said, oh, okay. Well, what do you you think I ought to do? He said, I think you ought to go pastor a church first and then plant a church. And so I said, good idea. So a few years after that, I went and I planted, or not planted, I I pastored my first church. And I I thought this, I was so excited about it. And then five years later, after I'd been there, I considered it to be the worst disaster of my life. I mean, every, the bottom fell out, the wheels came off, uh, everything that could go wrong went wrong as far as I was concerned, and I just thought that was that was just horrible. But then I came here after that, and I planted this church. And, and, and so every year that has gone by, and there have been a lot of years that have spun off since that time, God has given me a different perspective, and I look back on those five years and I say, those, those years were foundational because God put some steel in my soul in those five years. God taught me how to be strong because if I hadn't been strong, I wouldn't have survived. And if you're going to be a church planner, you have to be all those things. So even though I, I would look back and I'd say, God, I don't like the way the direction this is going. God just said, hang on, hang on, Steve. You're going to get there. It's going to be a little unpleasant for you. And it was, but we're going to get there one day. Could it be that maybe some of you are here today and you're in a season and you're going, I don't like the season I'm in. I don't like the way it feels. I don't like what's happening. And maybe, just maybe, God is saying, just, just hang on, hang on. Got something for you. We're not quite ready yet because we are training. Could that be a part of what's going on in your life right now? So we have to commit to follow God whenever, whatever what, just, just we have to. We chose to follow God, right? So he went. So he finally says, "Okay, I'll, I'll go hang out with this lady. Don't know what this is about, but but I'm going to go." And really, it comes down to obedience. Obedience. One time Jesus told a story, and uh, you can find this in Matthew 21. And he said there was this there was this dad that had two sons, and he says to his first son hey, son, I want you to go work out in the vineyard. And son number one says, no way, dad. But then he felt kind of bad about it afterwards, and he said, ah, okay. So then he goes out and he works in the vineyard. And then he goes to son number two, and he says to son number two, hey, I want you to go work in my vineyard. And son number two says, okay, yeah, great. But he doesn't go. He never, ever goes out and works in the vineyard. And then Jesus said this. He said, which son did what his father wanted him to do? And the obvious answer is, The reluctant son. See, I think a lot of times we're like, God, I I I I want to be obedient. I I I want to train, but you kind of dragging your feet a little bit. And I would consider myself, for the most a lot of my life, I am the reluctant son. But I do it anyway. Case in point, the house build. Did I want to go? Well, let me put it this way: it was way out of my comfort zone. I knew it would be good for me. Uh, I went last year, so I knew I was getting myself into. Uh, but I just, I just knew in my heart, I said, God, I, I just need to go, and I need to help these people, and I need to be, help our, be a part of, of our team. I hate camping. I can't stand being cold. I was cold, and it rained. The guy be- behind me in the tent was snored all night. I got almost no sleep. I could go on and on, right? And, and so, yeah, it took me way out of my comfort zone, I didn't like that part of, of the experience, but so I was I was I was really I was the reluctant guy that said, I'm not gonna go to the vineyard. Okay, I'll go to the vineyard. You see, you get credit even if you're dragging your feet a little bit. And and some of you, you might be in that season where you're kind of dragging your feet. Just just go anyway. Do it anyway. Whatever it is that God is asking you to do. Maybe it's taking care of your Retired parents, and they're failing a little bit. Maybe it's being more of a dad to your three-year-old. Maybe it's something to do with the path that you're on in terms of your career right now. But God, God is speaking to you about that, and, and the question is, will you obey? Because that's part of the habits and the training that God wants to, wants to put in your life. We have some questions, a great question. Is, is my self-reliance keeping me from being dependent on God? Do I only depend on God when it's convenient? See, that's not being a Christ follower. Oh, I like that one, God. Oh, I don't like that one. I'm not going to do that one. When circumstances change, does my fear get in the way? Am I committed no matter what? No matter what, will I rely on God? And I'll leave you with this question what are the, What's the next step for you? Where, so what season am I, here's what I want you to think of, and we're going to pray. What season are you in right now? What kind of a God activity is going on in your life right now? Are you in training? Or are you just trying? Let's pray. Father, I think we all want to get to the mountaintop. Oh, oh, we love the mountaintop. feels so good. That's where all the blessing is coming back from Tijuana and experience that a lot of us had that that was kind of the mountaintop on a spiritual level and I think all of us we want to experience you but Lord sometimes life is just so boring and ordinary and mundane but Lord there are mountaintops out there there are experiences there are things that you have called us to there's a mission out there for every one of us do you have purpose and mission and assignment for our lives and the question is, Lord, will we be ready for that moment? Are we training? Are we developing habits in our life that will get us there? And I know right now, undoubtedly, you're speaking to people about the season of their life and about what's going on with their life. And in this moment, my, my prayer is that you will give people the courage to maybe make a decision that will change everything. Maybe a a decision to invite you into an area of their life, an area you've never been invited to before. And they're going to open up and they say, God, I've never allowed you to be a part of that part of my life. But today, I'm going to do that. Because I want to rely more on you. I want your miracles in my life. I want your power in my life. I want to feel close to you. For some others of you, you realize you've just been trying, but you haven't been training. And this morning, God is speaking to you right now and he's saying, I want you to train. You need to train because there's some mountaintop experiences out there. I have an assignment for you. But you can't get there unless you train. You just can't. And for some of this, that, that just means we begin to read the Bible. We begin to pray. We, we begin to bring people into our life that can help us with our, our journey. Maybe for others, you're just not being obedient, and you just know it. You're just like, no, no, God. But maybe this morning you would make a different decision. Maybe you say, okay, uh, I'll do it. I'm a little reluctant, but I'm going to do it. Wherever you find yourself this morning in any of that I just want to encourage you to respond to God in the affirmative. To respond to God, the God who loves you, the God who wants to bless you, the God who has a mission for your life, a purpose for your life, an assignment for your life. He wants to use it. So respond to him this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. This is communion morning. And by the way, communion is one of those habits too. Once a month, we just remember. I know it seems kind of, people go, isn't that kind of repetitive? Yeah, we're, it's the only way that we can remember. You know what happens is Wednesday comes and we're like, oh yeah, you died in the cross. Friday happens, Friday night happens, and we're like, I need to remember that again. And so we remember. And the way that we, uh The way that we experience communion at New Break is uh, we will walk up to the table here and take the bread and the cup and then bring it back to your seat and then we'll all receive it together. Our worship team is is gonna lead you in a a song and just take as much time as you need, pray, kind of get your heart ready and then we'll all receive together.